1: Well, we have a wonderful guest with us today. His name is Brad Williams, and he has a podcast as well. His is called Over 40 Fitness Hacks. Now, that podcast is about the over 40 population staying fit without losing their social life, which we're going to talk about that because I'm in that category, and that's going to be really interesting. Brad is a personal trainer and he's a gym owner and he has been for over 12 years and he's he's seen it all but Brad also had an accident that required two back surgeries over the last 3 years and it was just a very arduous journey for him and I'm really interested also in hearing Brad's story of how that impacted him as well as the personal training and how he saw that come together so Brad, welcome to Phoenix and Flame.
0: Awesome! Thanks for having me, Dana. Thanks for that beautiful intro and uh, having me on your show.
1: Fantastic. So I'm kind of curious as to how you got interested in personal training.
0: Kind of the Cliff Notes version of my whole last, you know, 20 years of my life. You know, my dad was a doctor, medical doctor. Mom was a nurse. Me and my brother and sister were always into kind of fitness and sports. You know, obviously, we have the family background to support it. Just uh, was real into uh, the gym and training and and uh, working on cardio, that kind of stuff. Graduated from Long Beach State. out here in California, Orange County, and uh, with a business major. And I always just wanted to create my own business. So, uh, my brother and I, uh, back in 2011, opened up our first gym. And uh, since then, bought him out, expanded... The whole roller coaster ride of dealing with, you know, how hard it is to compete in, you know, this field, and especially in Orange County, and not only that, but just how tough it is to run a business in general in California. And so uh, that's kind of, you know, the last twelve years, and since then I've kind of pulled it down to about one gym, and I'm real happy with that. I'm, I'm more working on like, you know, self care, which we'll go into the the story I wanted to talk about today, and just a lot happier and started creating this podcast and you know, I'm doing a little bit less personal training now and more pushing on this podcast because I just feel it's, you know, scalable. I can get my message out there and I'm, I'm really enjoying meeting people like yourself and other people around the world. So it's just been great.
1: That sounds fantastic. You know, I'm really fascinated by how you kind of gravitated toward the population of people that are ages 40 and over because it's really a different life. When we're young. I think everyone thinks of fitness, they think of the younger person. And like all of the, well, almost all of the advertising that's advertising gyms or gym clothing or gym equipment, you almost always see, you know, the 20s, 30s, you know, you don't really see ages 40 and over. And really, those people that are ages 40 and over, like I said a few minutes ago, I include myself in that group. It's a totally different experience of not only what can you do? But also things are changing within your body and things you have to deal with and face that you didn't have to when you were 19 or 24 or 32. It's just a totally Absolutely. different landscape. So let us kind of know about why you decided to gravitate toward the ages 40 and over, at least with for your podcast.
0: You know, funny you should say that about all the marketing out there and everything. That's just because the 20, 30 year olds are, you know, Buying everything they see on TV. The over forty crowd's smart enough, and we know that <laughs> we got to take care of other stuff and all that. So that's just the the name of the game of the fitness industry and all that. But you know, I was always a trainer. You, know, my late twenties, training, and you know, some of my guys that are having some little back issues or shoulder issues. I'm like, come on, you know, you just p- push it, push it a little harder. You're not, you're not training enough. You're not dieting enough. You just need to get more motivated and all that. You know, easy. You know, coming from a you know, a 20, 30 year old. And then, uh, you know, getting through life and getting up to my forties, I've had a couple accidents, some, uh, lower back surgeries, completely unrelated to the fitness world. Just, it was moving equipment, heavy equipment, and just slipped going through that experience and just how hard it is to keep weight off, even for a personal trainer. Like it's just now it's opening that whole world of, Oh wow. The aging process, this really is true. All the, all my, uh, You know, clients weren't kidding. This is harder, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and you're slower and, you know, little aches and pains in the morning. Like, God, this is terrible. You know, my whole mindset is, you know, I'm a personal trainer. I've always been into this. I refuse to quit. So I will literally find any little hack. That's why I started my little show so I can keep doing the stuff I love, whether, you know, be sports or lifting or just if you're interested in toning up. So that's kind of where where I got that.
1: See, I love that, and and I'm going to ask you some more questions about your accident and and what happened after that because I'm really interested in that, and I feel my listeners are as well. But I wanted to share with you, and it, I think it was kind of uh, interesting that it happened this morning to me, given that we were going to be on this podcast together. That I mm-hmm. got some lab work back that was really wonky, and I sort of it was an interesting emotional response that I had to it because. Uh, I almost was resentful of the, the lab work. It was, it was not good. And Mm -hmm. there's no reason for like, for example, when you look at all the, you know, cardiac issues or, or whatever like that, I, you know, try to keep in good shape. I eat well, I don't smoke, I don't drink much alcohol. And so when you get older and things just start, your body just starts like all by itself with no permission from me or anybody else, <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just goes sideways. And I think we're more vulnerable maybe to our genetic heritage. And so we can sometimes be doing all the right things or trying to do all the right things. And sometimes our body just does what it's going to do. And I think in those moments too, what I'm hearing from you and what I've also heard from some of my workout classes is that when you're older and your body isn't doing what you're used to it doing, just being able to do what you can, you know, ad- adapt yeah. it, be flexible. And I'm kind of wondering if that's something that some of your hacks are about is it trying to work around things that you just can't control.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Just being over 40, just kind of look at the last 20 years of your life. You know, when you were younger, how much more you're moving around, you know, playing sports, how how, how long were your walks? How, how far were you running? You were working out five times a week. And now that we're getting older, you know, besides the aging process, if you look back, you're like, oh, well, I'm really not even running anymore. I'm only walking. And I only work out twice a week now because I have a job. And, and now, you know, I have a little five-year-old kid and I'm watching her and like, she's constantly moving. That's insane. So when you see that, you're like, okay, you you see everybody with the little Fitbits and those little uh, step trackers, track yourself. You'll be nothing compared to five-year-old and a 20-year-old and all that. So it's Movement is movement, but we have to do what we can. So, you know, we obviously have jobs and we're moving a little bit slower. And like you were mentioning about uh, genetic traits start coming out, you know, your late 30s and 40s, then, you know, you got to be a little more protective of that. And also, obviously, you got to now put a little bit more focus on if you have higher blood pressure, you know, cholesterol issue that's, you know, genetic based. Obviously, if you try to eat well and run and and work out and do everything you can, still things are going to pop up. I know it's not fair, but that just means that you have to put a little hyper focus on that one subject. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my whole thing of uh, I, I kind of call myself a lifestyle trainer more than a personal trainer because, you know, typical personal trainers, you think, or, you know, we're going to push you and we're we're very militant and you're going to have the perfect diet and all this. And I'm like, I, I realize I can't even do it myself and I want to have fun and live life. And, you know, I know some of these things aren't the greatest things for your body, but these are, you know, the little hyper-focused things I, I focus on to, for my problems. So, so for people with, you know, cholesterol issues, you got to, you know, obviously watch your trans fats and, uh, you know, maybe do a little bit of intermittent fasting and for the high, pl- high blood pressure people, you know, they got their supplements you can take for that, meditation and and whatnot. But kind of the name of the game is you got to you got to be careful of how much overload you put on your body, because the other problem of being over 40 is the recovery process is so much more important and slowing down than it was in your 20s and 30s, mm. uh, 20s and 30s. So if you don't do that, you're going to have other issues. You can actually overtrain yourself and, and affect your heart and you, and your body that way, too. Mm,
1: that's a good point. That's a good point. So, and I want to add in real quickly in what you're saying also is being a psychotherapist, I see people where their level of stress and anxiety, because anxiety is what I deal with a lot. It's my favorite thing to deal with, with my patients Mm -hmm. and really understanding there's so much research indicating how anxiety impacts our bodies. And so it's it's good to have people, you know, like you and and physicians and nurse practitioners and and PAs and out there that see that we are a whole person and that our bodies and and how we function, it's our mind, it's our spirit, it's our body, and we're all in our emotions, we're all connected together. So really, even if someone going to a therapist or something, and trying to work on some stress and some anxiety they have in their life, they almost they might experience some reduction in some body um, issues. Have you noticed that with anybody that you've seen any of your clients?
0: Oh, absolutely! You know the one. I, I love talking about one of my clients when that question pops up. She was, you know, just coming to me for basic weight toning, and and we did a lot of work and you know, functional training and everything she was looking to do and lost a good amount of weight and very toned and just couldn't lose that last like 10 pounds, no matter how much I put on her or how much cardio homework I gave her, you know, also minding you know she needs to recover. So you can't push too much. Mm -hmm. And she was, I think 35. And the one thing I noticed was she was always talking about her job and how that was bugging her. And You know, just hated it. She had job hopped a bunch of times before and just felt like she couldn't get anything better than this. You know, one day she finally said, I'm done, I'm going out on my own. She got a couple clients. She was a remote worker in the digital world. And uh she quit. And her husband supported her and everything was okay and she was still coming. And I swear to you, within not even a week, she dropped like five pounds immediately. And then, you know, the following weeks after that, we dropped like 12 pounds total. And I was yeah. like, you got to be kidding me. Nothing changed from our training program. It was all psychological stress. You know, in my world, we do deal with hormones like cortisol and all that, which are all physical stressors. But then the mental side, your area, like, look, look what that did just by relieving some some stress in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know. And then now I'm wondering all the clients in my past that I've had that just couldn't get that last thing. You know, it wasn't my fault. It was their environment. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I should have had you to refer to.
1: <laughs> well, we definitely would be good if we all were able to work together and had a, you know, a big team. So tell me about the accident that you had and then what happened afterwards with the, the back surgery. Because I've heard back surgery is like really Awful because everything, I mean, what can you do that your back's not involved?
0: Yeah, I know. Spine's important. I mean, all parts of your body are important, but for me, that was a, a rough ride. But uh, yeah, about four years ago, I was moving some weight equipment. You know, I've had little little mini injuries working out and everything, but nothing major. Always had perfect form and everything. But uh, just moving some weight equipment is just the name of the game when you're a gym owner. And uh, just didn't see, uh, we had a little eyeball. Eye bolt screwed into the ground in the concrete outside my gym and we hook little, uh, ropes, battle ropes to it. I don't know. You've probably seen mm-hmm. that online somewhere. And, uh, you know, usually when we open the shed door, we put a little orange cone on there to, to show someone that's a little hazard spot. Well, I was just going in just for a couple of pieces. I was like, ah, I'm going to be in and out in 10 seconds. Well, as soon as I went out, went in and a couple with a couple friends and then grabbed a little rack about 40 pounds turned around, I had already forgotten that thing even existed. And just walking over to my truck with this rack. And all of a sudden, the most violent move ever of tripping on it, lunging out. And, you know, usually balance training works well for you, which I practice. Well, Didn't I should have fell, not caught myself. So I lunged out, caught myself, and I held the rack and didn't let it go to protect it. I don't know for what reason. <laughs> and immediately, I felt a pop and knew, oh, my God, that is not good. And so... Preemptively, I already knew, you know, call my car road, let's set something for tomorrow. And when I woke up that next morning, I've never experienced anything like it. Like my entire body was just like a statue and in pain right on this spot on my L5 S1, right close to your tailbone and could barely get out of bed. Had to have my wife help me. You know, it, it was like millimeter walking. Like every step was a millimeter only, nothing more. I had to warm up. I I was telling I could tell that if you walked, it would start warming up. I could take slightly bigger steps. And uh, by the time I got to my appointment, I had to. I knew I had to go like an hour and a half early just to be able to get in the car, drive there, get out, and my chiropractor happens to be on the second floor. Um. So I had to do laps around the parking lot just to warm up, so I could do the little baby step steps just to get up to him. So he did a lot of work on me, and very grateful. And I could tell he got some movement in there. And by the next day, I was like, okay, I'm like half back feeling great. And then, you know, fast forward a month. I'm like, okay, I feel good enough to do very light PT exercises. And, you know, I had the luxury of having a physical therapist inside my gym and uh, started working that. And then, I, you know, at the time, I was kind of picking up hockey right before this accident. So I, I shouldn't have, but I went back after three months because I was feeling good and uh you know did that for about 3 months and then that was about the time i finally felt my first sciatic pain never had i experienced that um i hope your listeners never experience it but basically it's when your uh disc either a herniated disc which was mine or a protrusion um or some muscles can pinch off that nerve but it's a nerve that runs down your spine and then through your legs And when that nerve is pissed off, it just is a horrible, painful feeling, numbness that runs down your glutes and then all the way down to your pinky toe. Wow. So I I suffered from that and immediately stopped everything. Researched everything. I became an absolute expert on an L5 S1 herniated disc on YouTube and Reddit. And you know, everyone starts going down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, over the next few months I just was trying all these things and physical therapy and all these things to help and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. It was it got so bad. Level 10 pain went to level 11 level 12. Then I started jumping by tens. I'm at level 20 pain, level 30 pain. Finally got I have to see the surgeon. Started talking to the surgeon they took an MRI on me and show me, this is like a typical thing. You can Google it and look at MRIs for herniated discs. It was exactly like what mine looked at, but mine. So what happens is the disc, the connective tissue in between each of your spinal columns, mm-hmm. there's a little, there's a technical term for it, but I call it like the jelly center that's in there. So when that connective tissue breaks open, it's called a herniation that gel leaks out just like a jelly donut. So when I first popped it and, you know, the Cairo healed me or got me moving again, you know, it was like a false sense of security. I felt better and better each day and all that. It was still a pop jelly donut. So over the course of the time I was playing hockey and working out that little jelly center was moving out farther and farther and farther And then that's when it started touching the sciatic nerve. So had I known all this prior, I would have stopped everything and just waited, you know, maybe a year of doing nothing but walking. Mm -hmm. So eventually, you know, I got that surgery. Uh, There's like you said, there's very different types of back surgeries. This one happens to be the easiest. It's called a microdisectomy. So they just go in, cut your skin, cut your fascia of your muscle. They don't even cut your muscle. They move the muscle fibers apart go in and scoop it out like an ice cream scoop. So they don't really, you know, do anything too bad. So then they just put a couple stitches in and and you're good. And I was like, it was like heaven on earth, the feeling of waking up with that pain gone. I don't ever want to experience that again. Mm. Fast forward a year and a half, you know, I went a little slower this time watching when I was doing no more hockey. I don't, I'm not doing any of that, but I started running again, started working out. And what I didn't know is, you know, your body tries to heal that spot, but it's still a a pop jelly donut that maybe has a little bit of protective barrier around there, but it's not great. So you start compounding, putting pressure on that spine again, it starts leaking out again. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, every surgery you have, your chances of going back, you know, start going up 10%, 20%. So felt the feeling again, went back in. They're like, you're six millimeters herniated again. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I immediately stopped everything, did everything even more careful than this time. Started seeing my surgeon just to to prep and then doing my PT and everything. And every month it just got worse and worse. And so I basically just said, I got to go for the surgery again. I promise I'll do better next time. And at this point now they have to start drilling some holes in your spinal column and it starts creating, you know, creating nerve damage and all that and uh, woke up not the greatest feeling in the world. And from then for the next year and a half, it's been a struggle and I have been so careful ever since that whole experience is why I started really pushing more for, you know, being mindful of what you're doing, taking things slow putting more focus on functional training versus, you know, the typical weight training, circuit training, there's, there's no reason anymore. So now I'm looking, you know, to the future of 10, 20, 30 years, I need to protect this. Mm -hmm. So now it's just, it's just been an eye opener. And then, you know, I started my podcast, started meeting health and wellness professionals across the globe and uh, everyone is pretty much, you know, preaching the same type of stuff that, you know, our bodies are so fragile you know, we can't be doing what we're doing in our 20s. Accidents happen, mm-hmm. you know, we do the best we can to protect against those. But you have you have to take care of yourself if you're gonna, you know, go the distance. So that's kind of been my journey. And, you know, the, I, I just see 20 year old clients and I'm preaching to them, please, please, please take a little bit slower and easier. There's better methods of trying to do what you want to do. And we can't stop accidents, but we can we can do the best we can. And you know, we got to just take care of our bodies. So at this point now, I'm, uh, a year and a half later, I feel like I'm 95, 96%. There's that little bit left in there. I think it's just a little bit of nerve damage, but it doesn't stop me from what I want to do. But uh, I do have new rules of how I go about my life now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I hear you saying that I, I think is important is it sounds like you decided how to um, adapt how to reduce your expectations. Because I I talk to some people that struggle with depression, because maybe the way that they used to do things, they can't do it exactly the way they used to do it. And so they start getting depressed, because in their mind, it's like, I have to do it exactly like I used to, or I can't do it at all. And so then they're like, sitting there, nothing, like the things that they used to enjoy doing that that made them feel happy, that made them feel joyful, that brought good stuff into their life, now they feel like they've just been robbed of those things. Mm-hmm. And they, they feel like they're caught in a cage, like they're trapped. They don't know, how do I find my way back to feeling joyful again when the things that helped me feel joyful have been stripped from me? And what I'm hearing you say is there's another way.
0: Yeah. And I think it takes a pinnacle point in your life to where you've just had enough, you know, where you feel like a pile of ash, like your podcast says. You know, when I heard that, that's, I'd know the exact moment where I felt like that. And at that point, I'm like, I have to change my ways. I have to. And you're so open to, you know, other options out there and listening to people. And, you know, like you were talking about the, the people who are maybe depressed or something, mm-hmm. they'll get to a point where, they are now open. We want to help ourselves. There's something wrong, and you know. I think it's you know everyone kind of has to get to that point. You know, we we you know we try to you know educate the the younger and people who haven't had these issues yet. But you can only do so much until that moment happens. So that's
1: it. Well, and you mentioned. I think you and I both can can relate to this, and also I'm sure many listeners can relate to that feeling of being just feeling like you are just a pile of ash just no substance going nowhere just a big pile of ash but the phoenix rises from the ash but what creates the ash is the flame to begin with so we go through things that feel like fire that burns us down to where we just feel like we're a pile of ash but phoenix they rise from that and so it's kind of like how do we do that You know, my one of my biggest questions when I'm listening to people or, you know, hearing any kind of lectures or anything like this is like, well, that's interesting. How? How does that happen? How does a phoenix rise from ash? How do I get there from here? And that's one of the things that I help my patients with a lot is to figure out, you know, how do I do that? And I'm wondering from your experience and also from the hacks that you, you know, bring out on your podcast. What are some ways, you know, the listeners that we have right now that are listening to you and your story and also thinking, you know, they right now could possibly be in that pile of ash and they don't want to be. And they're looking for some kind of way, but things seem overwhelming to them. Like, that's why I like the idea of a hack, because it's Mm -hmm. something that's it's a small bite. It's something that's not overwhelming. It's something that's, it, it doesn't take long to understand. It doesn't take long to do necessarily. And it's something that can get you in smaller bites to where you want to go because the larger bites are just simply too big. And when, when yep. we feel like a pile of ash, if we feel like the only way we can get out of this is great big, large bites, we're going to say, well, forget it. I'll just have to just lay here a pile of ash for the rest of my life until I blow away because I can't do those big bites anymore. So that's one of the things that was so appealing to me whenever we were thinking about you being a guest on the show is thinking about what are those hacks? What are some of the hacks that, that you've come up with that could help someone who's listening that feels like a pile of ash Physically, you know, how do they, what, what are maybe two or three things you can think of that would help them maybe to take some small steps, some small bites to come out of that?
0: So the first thing, especially with the younger people that I tell them is, you know, why, why are you even lifting this hard and heavy? Unless you're, you know, getting paid to be a professional athlete, there's no, there's no point. You're just destroying your body. So we got to tone it down, lighter weight, just more mindfulness with say like a squat. Like use lower weight, really feel the contraction going down, perfect form. And if you're using a personal trainer, they should be helping you out with this anyways. Also doing, we call it the, uh, the negative, which is, uh, you know, eccentric contraction of, you know, you're doing the squat and coming up, but really take your time going down slow, 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 slow. When it protects your backs, it's harder to do. You can lo- use less weight. And just just keep that mindset for anything you do, you know, slow it down, use less weight, you'll you'll get what you want out of it, you'll you'll build up, you know, your strength and muscle, but you'll do it in a safer, better way. And a lot of bands. I don't know if a lot of your listeners know who Tom Brady is, uh, you know, prof- professional quarterback. He's he's real huge and do his tb 12. But it's basically just a lot of resistance training with bands because they're so much better for the joints and easier. We use a lot of that at our gym as well and you can, you know, increase the size of the bands and how many bands that make it tough. But it's just, it's just better for the joints and safer. Um, and the other thing I, you know, tell your listeners too, is, you know, I'm a personal trainer. I know what I know. And I know that I don't know everything. Going to a chiropractor or physical therapist just to see where you are. I remember seeing uh, my chiropractor's uh, x-ray of my spine back in the day where I had no problems. And that one spot, L5S1, they could tell already that that was a just compressed disc that was going to be a problem later. So I would urge your your audience to go look at it, just seeing that and knowing, oh, okay, so I do have to tone down everything right now. Um, and I think at that age, I was like 27 when I remember that picture. So had I had gone back in time and just taken it easier from then, I'd be in a totally different place right now. But either way, you know, don't be afraid to take your health into your own hands and and go s- search out these, you know, different modalities now. You don't have to wait till you have an injury. It's way better to s- prep for this kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> this is true. All right, so Brad, I want to make sure that my listeners can reach you. Now, I know we have your your podcast which is over 40 fitness hacks so they can Go search that podcast. I assume it's on iTunes and Spotify and all these places. They can, if they want to go listen, because that sounds like a wonderful podcast to listen to. Where else would you like for them to go if they want to just get in touch with you more, maybe connect with you, get to know more about you, that kind of thing?
0: Yeah. Uh, besides, like you mentioned, my podcast on Spotify or Apple, my website is uh, over40fitnesshacks.com and the 40 is 40. Um, and you could check out all my episodes on there. Um, and one one episode in particular, it was a mutual guest of ours, Dr. Amy from Pabar Institute. We had really good, uh, good discussion about my lower back issues and how important breathing was. And uh, I really did very well uh, recovering when I started doing the breathing techniques with Dr. Amy. So I really urge people to listen to that episode. It was sometime in October of 2021. So it's a little hard to kind of have over 300 episodes, it's a little <laughs> hard to find that one, but it was called Dr. Amy Pabar Institute. But uh, if anyone's having any uh, issues with their lower back or just pain in general, that was, that's a really good one. I'd, I'd push someone to, so.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. When he says the Pabar, that's P-A-B-R. Yeah. Right. That's what she, yeah. So yeah, Dr. Amy, she's awesome. We met a, a ways back. So yeah. all three of us know one another, have that in common. Brad, thank you so much for being willing to spend your time and come and sharing your personal story and, and tidbits that you have and ideas and hacks and things that you're sharing with my listeners. They are really going to appreciate this. I appreciate it so much.
0: Awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much, Dana, for letting me be on the show. And and hopefully I'll be that phoenix that'll rise from the ashes, and I feel like I'm almost there. So. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, guys, I know that you have heard something today that is just really meaningful to you and helpful to you. And you know what? You might even think that you have a friend or a co-worker or relative that you're thinking they have got to listen to what Brad has to say. So, you know what? Take the copy and paste the link in text and email Take this whole thing, scoop it up, put it on whatever your favorite social media platform is so we can grow our Phoenix and Flame community and get the word out there that you're not alone. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.